Hello, Movie Marathoners, and welcome to the Movie Marathoners Sundance 5K series, a series of short episodes centered on the films released at the 2021 Sundance Film Festival. I'm your host, Mati, and in this episode, I'm joined again by Kyle Hickman from Munson's at the Movies, and today we're reviewing Together Together. Kyle, how are you doing? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm happy that we're together together. Uh, oh, wow, that's that was great. cheesy. You know, but you tossed me up a, a, a softball there, so I had to take a swing. I'm good, man. I, you know, I did 14 films at Sundance, which was a nice, calm pace for me. And so I've just been trying to get back in the swing of things with work and other life and catching up on Golden Globe nominations and other films and months and podcast. It's, it's a whirlwind, but glad to be here and chat with you a little bit about uh, a film that I think we both enjoyed at Sundance. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the festival's basically over at this point. I think I'm going to watch one more tonight. We're recording uh, Wednesday afternoon. So let's go ahead and get straight into it. Um, just as a reminder, every Sundance 5K series episode will be completely spoiler-free. And today we're talking about Together Together. So first, a synopsis. When young loner Anna is hired as the surrogate for Matt, a single man in his 40s, the two strangers come to realize this unexpected relationship will quickly challenge their perceptions of connection, boundaries, and the particulars of love. Together Together stars Ed Harris and Patty Harrison. It is written and directed by Nicole Beckwith. So I didn't catch this one at its premiere, Kyle. I think you did, and you were pretty positive about it, so I checked it out later. But what are your overall thoughts on the film? I think it it is a good unique spin on the rom-com genre it is a film that has a very narrow audience when it comes to relatability which i think we'll <laughs> talk about um but because it is a unique take on the rom-com genre i think if people give it a chance then they, they can enjoy it but um, good acting across the board i liked the writing uh, listening to the q a with nicole after she talked about this uh, main theme of platonic love is something that she has thought about a lot in her life and permeates through, uh, you know, a lot of her experiences. And so she wanted to write a film about that concept around this whole surrogate um, experience. So I, I found it to be a pretty enjoyable film. I, in my 14, I covered, I think it's, it was like the fourth or fifth best of the ones I watched. So pretty solid. Nice. Yeah. I completely agree with what you said. Um, I think it's interesting to call it a rom-com because, yeah, it has rom-com trappings, I guess, or, you know, window dressing, but this is not a romantic relationship. And they kind of tease that a little bit at, at points, but overall, you're right, it is about this platonic love. And I think that's a really interesting approach to tell this story, for sure. The other thing that I really connected to about this film is that it's just really funny you know, a lot of the films at Sundance are pretty heavy, pretty, pretty hard to get through. And that doesn't make them any less good or anything. But it was really nice to have a film that while it still has something to say, it's just enjoyable to watch, you know? Yeah, a lot of really heavy subjects and a lot of the other films at Sundance. And so it was nice to have a movie where uh, a character says he's not plowing me on a scooter. just little one-liners like that that stuck out where i'm like all right she's she's fire and she's a comedian um patty so she knows what she's doing it's pretty natural to her in fact if did you get a chance to watch the q a post i didn't no let me tell you they could not so it was patty ed helms and tig notaro with uh 
with Nicole and they were doing the worst job staying on task. They just were just taking shots at each other the whole time <laughs> about time on set and each other's personality to the point where Ed's like, all right, guys, we got to cut down on the sarcasm and actually answer some questions. So the, the, uh, the banter back and forth that would happen in the actual movie, I think was pretty natural considering they went right back into it at the Q and a, it was a really entertaining Q and a to watch. Okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll check it out. Cause I think they're all on YouTube, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, just that type of energy in the film is really nice and you know, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's also not like stupid slapstick comedy or anything like that either. It's pretty grounded pretty realistic i think some of the characters i think the tig natero character tig is the one that plays the guy at the coffee shop right no tig is the um like the psychologist counselor oh oh right right right, right. yeah sorry haired woman um yeah. well anyways the the coffee shop guy i th- thought was really funny and they have this whole <laughs> like app that uh he uses that the uh the matt character played by ed helms has created and that whole concept for the app is really funny there's a lot of just little subtle funny things mm-hmm. in this and I, I thought it was great she's blown away that he's using it because when she first learned about it she's like no one's going to use this and he's like yeah yeah it's good it's low you know low pressure low expectations <laughs> uh, it sounded like a traditional dating app that's why it's enjoyable I'm like all right that's cool and that one scene where he just stares at ed helms for way too long you know, like, <laughs> yeah say anything? no all right no i'm not gonna say anything yeah and i think ed helms is actually really good in this film And I say that because Ed Helms tends to either, maybe it's like he just picks bad projects, but I feel like when he is the lead of things, he's a little too annoying to like be a successful lead. Like I think he's best as the Andy Bernard character or in The Hangover when he takes kind of a supporting approach. I rarely find that he is the best part of the movie he's in when he's the lead actor, but I think he really settles into this role really well. He's perfectly relatable he's not over the top he's not obnoxious but he still kind of has that ed helms charm Mm -hmm. i could see and i saw some tweets after the movie of people criticizing him but i think they were really just criticizing his character and some of the nuances at the start of the film as kind of a you know he's his character is very hypersensitive he's 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 a controlling force you know Mm -hmm. we're not here to spoil anything but uh, he is very, very worried about the world, and that's why he wants to have a child with a surrogate and wants to control every little piece of his world. And that, that as a personality, can definitely be annoying from time to time if you're around that person constantly. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's just like a lot of other characters and other shows and movies that you might not like their character, but you can say that was pretty good acting on their part. They they did they did the job. Yeah, and I mean. You know, maybe he doesn't do everything perfectly and he definitely crosses some personal boundaries, which I think is definitely part of this film and becoming comfortable with that or being able to say that, no, these are the boundaries of this really complicated relationship. But I also understand where he's coming from with everything that he does, even if he's not doing everything perfectly. And I think that's important for a character to have, right? A character, a lot of the times when Ed Helms is an obnoxious character, it seems like he's just obnoxious for no particular reason. Whereas in here, it's grounded in an understanding that this is his kid that he's concerned about. So even if it's not ideal or appropriate, it's understandable, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it all, it all makes sense in context. And I, I think one of the best parts of this movie is how it, how the script embraces just the awkwardness of the situation. Oh, yeah. Right. And because you're right, like it is billed 
as kind of a rom-com. So you think as the story is going along that there's going to be a romantic element that comes with that. And it's just a surrogate relationship that's kind of awkward because they're becoming friends, but they're not sure what their barriers should be. And that complicates things. And that's what, that's why I like the movie because it dives headfirst in the murkiness of that type of situation. And I don't think a lot of us really understand what that world is like. Yeah. Patty Harrison is so good at feeling uncomfortable and just watching her face as she's sitting in some of these moments are just so funny. Like I was just laughing by looking at her face, just not knowing what to say to Ed Helms or to Tig mm-hmm. Notaro or whoever. I, I think that this movie does a really good job at simmering in that awkward type of humor. Really great stuff. Yeah, because she has to, her character has to be visibly annoyed or um, or weirded out by the situation. But at the same time, you know, she's doing a job that's paying her a lot of money. So she can't be yeah. too, <laughs> you know, she can't be too pushy with those types of things. She kind of have to embrace the awkwardness of Ed Helms' character. So yeah. she does a pretty good job. And it was funny when she first came on screen, uh, my girlfriend was like, "Isn't wasn't she in the history of the swear words? I was like, I don't recognize, and she was. She's one of the comedians that's on that show with Nicholas oh. Cage and others. So I was like, oh, Patty's she's on fire right now. Yeah, good for her. I've never heard of her until this, but I mean, she's great, especially at the end when she starts to have to like give birth and have a bit more emotion behind some of the stuff she's doing. I think she does a really incredible job mm-hmm. of that too. So just all across the board, I think this is the type of film that reminds me of something like this year's The Big Sick or something in line with those more sort of off-center indie type of comedies. This one works really well, in my opinion. Yeah, and I know they didn't talk about it in the Q&A, but the research that we did on Patty is she's actually transgender. Yeah, I did not know that until I got a text maybe three-fourths into the movie from my girlfriend. I had no idea. I didn't either. And it it's such a nuanced, complex role for a transgender woman to be playing too. It it's a, it adds an extra layer to it when you think about it. And I, I thought it was really interesting that that didn't come up. No one talked about it in the Q and A because I think it would have distracted from mm-hmm. the movie itself. But it's it's great if you go to her Twitter account. Uh, her literally her, her profile photo is Chucky from the Child's Play movies, <laughs> which I just did a podcast a couple weeks ago talking about all the Child's Play movies. And so it's, I was like, oh man. And their cover photo is like, I don't know what character is. And he's got like testicles on his face. And I was like, oh, she's a stand-up comedian. She's doing her thing. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, she's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely a um, a talent to keep an eye on. So um, y- you mentioned a little bit about how this film is not super relatable. Did you want to talk a little bit about that? Like, is does that hurt the movie at all? Or what are your thoughts? You know, I saw that. I saw you put that question in the show notes and I was grappling with that for a while because I think it will inevitably be a challenge for some audiences that either won't seek it out or they will recognize this is not something I, under, a world I don't understand and maybe they're not interested intellectually in learning about it. And I think that'll limit the scope of the audience it will hit. But I think the folks who will go out of their way to see it or will just randomly catch it based on whoever picks it up after the festival will enjoy it. Um, and I think the folks who in particular have been part of surrogate relationships will find it to be probably ring pretty true to their experiences or at least remotely similar. But I don't know. What do you think? What's your thought on that? Well, I mean, you know, if we're, Comparing it to something like The Big Sick, I have never had 
a girlfriend in a coma for several months <laughs> and had to talk with her parents. So like there's there's definitely some sort of level of like I'm I'm not connecting to the experience of uh, a mother who is going to be giving up her baby and I'm not connecting with the um the Matt character, but I think that there's enough here in terms of exploring just loneliness mm-hmm. and especially the Matt character has this feeling of wanting to be ready to move on with his life even if he's not like there in his relationship like he is ready to become a father he's ready to move on to the next stage and he feels stuck in where he is because he's not connecting with the people in his life that I have that have moved on to that stage and he's not connecting with the people who are trying to cling on to the the previous stage mm-hmm. and I think that's a really interesting experience that a lot of people can relate to I'm not personally quite there yet since I'm I'm still pretty young but I certainly feel that type of feeling a lot, yeah. you know, of feeling stuck or feeling like you're not in control of what you really want, stuff like that. And I, so I think there's a lot here still to uh, to grab onto. Yeah. I don't have any qualms. Once people watch it, I think they'll find they'll find ways to relate yeah. to the story and understand it. I worry about mass appeal and yeah, yeah like marketing it. it. Right. Yeah, just getting it to the level of like you say, the big sick. Big sick was great. My guess is if you took a poll of the average moviegoer out there less than half have probably seen the big sick or have heard of it just right. because it was a smaller indie project. And this is a smaller indie project. Who knows? Maybe the right backing, the right marketing campaign, but I, I just doesn't seem like, I don't know if there's enough star power there outside of Ed Helms to really drive that. So I think it's going to be one of those hidden gems that we'll talk about a year from now when you'd be like, Oh, you saw together together. Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> definitely check that out. Right. Yeah. Well, it did get picked up by Beaker street. So hopefully I mean, I know that they don't, you know, they don't have a streaming service or anything, but I could see this doing really well on a streaming service like Hulu, a la Happiest Seasons or something like that, or even Palm Springs. So hopefully that's the direction they go, because I think that would be the best place for people to experience this film. Yeah. Prime, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Prime for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, to close us out, Kyle, since we're the Movie Marathoners podcast over here, uh, I've been asking these marathon-related questions, and I I genuinely have no idea how well they work. So if you listen to some of my other episodes, tell me if they suck. Tell me if this one sucks. But (laughs) if you had to run a marathon, would you rather run it with Anna or Matt? Well, first off, you're never going to catch me running more than even barely a 5K. But if I had to try (laughs) to run a marathon... With Anna, it's, it's going to be Anna. She just seems way cooler to talk to and hang out with. Matt, I feel like it's just going to be high strung and worried about everything. And I don't need that extra stress <laughs> in my life. I'm good. Yeah. At least Anna, she'll be funny. You know, she'll make, you know, we'll be driving through all the pain at mile 12 and she'll be having a good time or at least trying to. So I think Anna after this movie would definitely be my pick, right? Like before this movie, she's a little introverted she's probably not going to want to talk to you because you know we're not friends before this we're just people (laughs) at at the start line but yeah after this movie i feel like she's opened up more she's more interested in exploring uh casual relationships so i would love to have a conversation with her as we're trucking it through 26.2 miles oh by the way one last thing about the movie and you can shuffle this around if you'd like but one of the the final scene i'm not going to talk about details of it but it's one of my favorite final scenes of the past I don't know, a couple months of movies that I've seen. I think it conveys so much with uh, with one shot and I, and I love it. So even if you don't share that with your people, I, I just want you to know that. I loved it. No, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's a really good scene. Uh, very, very abrupt. Like I heard 
that this movie has an abrupt ending. And I was like, this is the most abrupt I can think of it happening, but there's no way that it happens like this. And it does. So it just does. be aware of that or or don't, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyways, Kyle, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, where can people find your work online? So they can find me on Twitter uh, at Kyle underscore A underscore Hickman. You can follow me on my blog, kylehickman.blogspot.com. And uh, I would be remiss not to say you can always follow uh, the Munson's at the Movies podcast. That's where I'm mostly at most of the days. And that's at Munson's at Movies on Twitter and Munson's at the Movies on Instagram. Please give us a follow and check out our catalog. Awesome. Thanks for joining me, Kyle. No problem. This has been a Movie Marathoners Sundance 5K series episode reviewing Together Together. Be sure to stay tuned for more Sundance coverage. We are wrapping up, but there's still a few more to come. You can find all of our Sundance 5K series and the main feature episodes of Movie Marathoners, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, at our website, evergreenpodcasts.com slash movie-marathoners, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and remember that life's a marathon, so let's take it one movie at a time. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.